following delays planned and unplanned, we're back with our Flophouse Honors the Troops episode, where we discuss The Happiest Millionaire. Welcome back to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. We're back, coming at you from Hurricane Alley. Back again. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you just come up with that, Dan? Yep. <laughs> That's all me. Okay. No one has ever said uh, a natural disaster and then put the word alley behind it nope, before. Nope, never. Kate and, and then put the word alley after it. <laughs> sure, never certainly. A time. hit television show of many years, <laughs> but never Hurricane Alley. Yeah. And um, Crime Alley, that exists. Uh, Enough shilly-shallying and dilly-dallying, guys. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, we had some technical difficulties. Yeah. yeah. I purchased some new cords. Ouch. And they look great on you. <laughs> uh-huh. I put on my new corduroy pants, <laughs> and then I purchased some new uh, wires for the, the podcast. Okay. And, uh... Why? Wait, Why? Because we were getting hacked, uh, not hacked, but uh, it was like a pirate radio station, say. Was it a pirate radio station? No, I don't think so. I think so. it was just a radio radio station. I think radio it was a radio, station. Ra- 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 yeah. a radio radio station. A law-abiding radio station. It was radio radio, as Elvis Costello would say. It was the radio station that only plays the soundtrack from the movie Radio, <laughs> starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Yep. Um, but Radio Flyer? Yeah, yeah, Radio Flyer. Mm-hmm. Can we get a new guy to replace Stuart? <laughs> I don't Stuart works for uh, pancakes. So. Pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> yep, cakes made in the shape of pants. So, I am on the fire today. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so we were, we were trying to do a show last time. We, we watched were all Beasley. psyched about Beasley. You loved it, Elliot, right? I thought it was one of the top ten movies of the never. <laughs> okay. so, it was never good in any way. Yeah. Um, but so we watched that, but then it all fucked up, right? Well, halfway through, Stuart, who usually pays no attention to such things, I thought it was Elliot. No, it was me. That. Oh, okay. Well, yes. All right. Sorry. Stuart yeah, who doesn't stop. pay attention to stuff, Dan? <laughs> Come on, jokes we on sound you. Completely different. Elliot noticed that the levels were were going all over the place. Yeah, uh, they were all up in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we well, was, turned it off. The levels were really high, even though we weren't saying anything. Like during pauses. The levels would be really high. Which I know you're thinking, you guys watch Beastly, you probably couldn't stop talking. <laughs> but no, there were a lot of pauses. Surprisingly enough, and not just the kind of pause you'd find on a beast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. History. Apparently <laughs> some, of the sh- like some of the shielding in the mic cables uh, was stripped or something. Yeah. I don't you know. don't need to bore me with the technical <laughs> details there, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, weird. it's how like remember how, the joke remember mix. Stuart how your 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 braces used to pick up radio signals. My racist? <laughs> yeah, how you, you being a racist, you used to listen to that white power radio. Signal. Oh, my braces. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Panzer radio. Sure. It's like that. I don't know. I had braces for years, and they never picked up radio. <laughs> Maybe signals. I'm thinking of Gilligan. <laughs> I think you're the, yeah thinking of something that never happened. Uh, but we're back, baby. Yeah. And badder than ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, this, and this time it's personal. 
<laughs> and this time we have the window open. Um, so you, so you might may have hear heard that motorcycle and think we were farting. But no, <laughs> that was a motorcycle outside the yeah. window. That's one of those things where I'm sure we can hear it, but it doesn't pick up on the recording. Wait, when people, we fart? Well, no, that motorcycle outside. And people we listening. Hear sirens. Si- I've heard sirens actually on oh, the recording okay. before, but, but not uh, That's because we're so hot. Because mm-hmm. it'll be a hot riff. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the heat is on, it's on the street. And get so, out of the kitchen. So, uh, we watched a movie today, <laughs> okay, right, wow. guys? Stuart, for once, being the slave driver well, here. Well, Stuart's saying no shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying. <laughs> like the lead character, not really, of the movie. Yeah, let's uh, talk about this. So, uh, This was a special request. This is a special film. request. This is from... This is for, for Lieutenant, bo- last name withheld, in Iraq. One of our boys overseas. Uh-huh. We uh, made an offer. He couldn't refuse. We said, uh, give us three movies. In 30 minutes or less. <laughs> we will pick one. <laughs> And we'll do a in show a about it. I'm going to finish because, every sentence uh, you make. They, he and his wife sent a request email a while ago, mm-hmm. and you, instead of reading the email, just... Ignored it. Ignored it, right. I don't, I I don't care for them, our listeners. I, I don't you added them to your spam filter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I said unsubscribe. <laughs> Which um, is weird to say to just an email that someone wrote to you. It's not a list. It's yeah, did you just say that to your computer, or did you... <laughs> It was like in Star Trek Four. I picked up the mouse. I don't know why I'm using a mouse because I've got a trackpad. But I picked it up and I said, "Computer." And the computer unsubscribe. Said, That's not how I work, Dan. <laughs> Wait. So when you talk to the computer, you're more flamboyant. <laughs> computer. That was Close my, window. That was my impression of James Doohan in uh, in uh, Star like Trek Frank Four. Nelson. <laughs> Hello, computer. I crack my knuckles like he does in the movie, and I said, "You really know Star Trek Four? I gotta say." <laughs> It's a classic of, scene. Of all the movies to know the scenes that well, yep. Star Trek IV is not it's the, one of it's them. Look, I'm just looking one, for right? the yeah. uh, nuclear vessels it's in the Alameda. One where they go to Wales. Okay. It's, a rain, it's called Star Trek IV The Rainy Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the quest for vowels. Yep. And, uh, they went to the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> instead, uh, Lieutenant Last Name Withheld. Star Trek IV Irritable Vowel Syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you still got it. <laughs> yep. Take just because I've been on break for you, over yeah. a week, the yeah. jokes don't stop. Um, they just irritate people more because you're not getting paid for them. They're you like, better Please, believe it. Could you not make these jokes? You're just a human being in like regular life. <laughs> bad is when I throw the sound bites and the sound bite doesn't play. Yeah. Um. So we were given uh, a couple options. Uh, one yeah, of you, the- you asked him if he had any requests for movies mm-hmm. we could watch. Right? We could watch, and uh, we we uh, we didn't do uh, a couple of them. We settled on the them. third. Well, we, we'd uh, Stuart and I, I. You had seen it, right? What? I know I had seen Splice. Did you see Splice? No, I haven't seen Splice. I haven't yeah, seen, I've seen Splice. And you I have to admit, Brody don't get again, well. did not hate Splice. And what was the other choice? The other choice was a direct DVD thing of recent vintage. I can't remember. It just looked like your average romantic comedy. So we settled on the most challenging of the three. Oh, by far. Which was uh, a 1960s Disney live action musical. Uh, nearly nearly three hours long, <laughs> uh, something like two hours and fifty three minutes. That includes intermission and an overture, though. Yeah, but the intermission was only like two minutes long. Yeah, the overture was the shortest was about a intermission because they knew so let's say to get back into it. The actual action <laughs> yeah. of the film is two hours and forty minutes because those are short overtures yeah. and intermissions. And so. what was the name of this movie, Dan? It was called The Happiest Millionaire. So this is one of those classic Disney musicals. Everyone's seen it, mm-hmm. right up there with Mary Poppins and Pete's Dragon and uh, the One Hundred and Twenty Days of Sallow. And <laughs> I think that you, uh, I think you're misremembering That's the Disney vi- ver- musical version of Salo, the 120 okay. Days of Sodom. Uh, <laughs> sure. 
Uh, no, this is a forgotten piece of Disney lore. Now, is uh, it rightfully forgotten? Oh, God, yes. It, uh, Despite starring... Uh, Fred McMurray. Fred McMurray. Yeah. Live-action Disney uh, mainstay. Yeah. And Greer Garson. Mm-hmm. And a young, a young Leslie Ann Warren in her first role. Yep, lesbian Ann Warren. No. Is she a lesbian? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. her name sounds kind of like she is. Like a uh, lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Stuart, for clarifying. <laughs> but, uh, I it just is, figured if I backed you up on this, Dan might agree. I appreciate no, it. I don't think so. And this was, according to Wikipedia, this is the last movie Walt Disney had any hand in at mm-hmm. Disney because he died during the He died the in the middle of it. <laughs> he died, I assume, while watching it because it's about 30 <laughs> hours shame. long. <laughs> Uh, and it's what's weird is that it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. A true story that sounds, sounds much awesome. more interesting than anything that's on screen. It turns out there was this man. I'm going to have to resort to uh, Wikipedia to remind me some of the details. turns out there was a man named Anthony J. Drexel Biddle. He was a Philadelphia millionaire who was obsessed with muscular Christianity and boxing mm-hmm. and hand-to-hand combat. And he kept alligators as pets. And he's kind of this eccentric Philadelphia millionaire. That sounds like that would make a really interesting movie. Yeah, Elliot. he was a he was a boxing enthusiast. He trained the Marines in hand to hand fighting during World War One and World War Two. Really interesting stuff. So, how much of that was on screen during the three hours running time? Well, I mean, those elements were there. Yeah, he did have alligators, and he did occasionally box people. Yeah, but most of the film was about uh, his daughter's boring romance with Blandy Blanderson. It, yeah, it took place in 1916, and his well. It opens with an Irish guy played by Tommy Steele singing about how great life is, basically. He sings a song called Fortuosity. Yeah, he made that word up, right? Fortuosity. Sometimes things just fall into place. He's made up a word, Fortuosity. But there is a word for that, serendipity. So Mm -hmm. why bother make up a new word? But that's besides the point. He gets a butling job at the Biddle Estate Mm -hmm. and then disappears for long periods of the movie, Mm -hmm. even though he, in theory, I guess he's supposed to be the narrator and hero. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say... Who the main character of this film it's is. It's an ensemble work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, an ensemble in the sense that everyone is pretty much equally boring. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Fred McMurray is this crazy millionaire, uh, and his daughter falls in love with... I mean, what what makes you think he's crazy, though? Well, he's got alligators for pets. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's obsessed with boxing. Continue. And the Bible. He runs a Bible camp in his house. Okay. He's obsessed with pushing America into the war. Yes, that and boxing. His, that is his raison d'etre. Doesn't he, doesn't he almost World exclusively eat chocolate cake or something? They, in the beginning, they say he's on a chocolate cake diet, although that goes out the window. I don't, we never see him eating chocolate cake, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and his daughter falls in love with the young scion of a New York business family, but he dreams... Named Angie. Named Angie. He's a man. Angie mm-hmm. is the guy, mm-hmm. and the girl's name is Steve. Wait, what? No, the girl's <laughs> name is uh, Cordelia. Oh, yeah. But they call right. her Cordy. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> They do. <laughs> I mean, that's what I call her. Yeah, but anyway. Because she's like a cord of wood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's wow. the association. <laughs> horrible thing to say about somebody. But Look, uh, Le- Le- Leslie Ann Warren looked lovely, and she went on to a great career in other films. What, did she, what else one. did she do? Uh, well, I mean, I guess she's most known for, she was on the, she was on the television show Taxi. Taxi like Driver, all, the show. No, the show Taxi. Travis Bickle kills a different guy. No, gangster. the one he Taxi with Andy Kaufman and Danny DeVito, Judd Hirsch, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Was, uh, oh, DC Rhea, Cab. I thought no. that was Rhea Perlman. No, you're thinking Yeah, Rhea Perlman. You're thinking of the bin you keep your pearls in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Also, Leslie Ann Warren was in uh, the movie Clue as Miss Scarlet. Okay. Remember uh, Scarlet O'Hara? Right, 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 right. Yeah. 
a uh, a pretty lady. Here, um, not much. Not much. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, of singing and dancing. She, yeah. yeah. She falls in love with a guy who wants to be go into the automobile business, but his mother uh, says no. Yeah, he sings a song about how he wants to go to Detroit. Yeah, but <laughs> Detroit <laughs> is only, where the the it, only song of its. Yeah. yeah. I think he refers to it as the Golden City. <laughs> Ah, uh, the past is hilarious. <laughs> yes. What's pre- well, but this movie was made in the 60s when Detroit was, like, riding high, basically. Mm-hmm. So they had no idea that people would watch this movie again 44 years later and be like, Oh, Detroit, that's a shithole. That hellscape? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The place that might be putting up a statue of the robot cop <laughs> that trod its post-apocalyptic <laughs> soil. They're not going to put up that statue, by the way, Stuart. I'm sorry to say. I'm still trying to get over that. <laughs> So was he trying That's to go to Detroit, Detroit has so to be he could, proud of? Was he going to Detroit so he could test his medal against an army of chuds and biker gangs? <laughs> no, so he could make his his name in the automobile business, okay. which at that point was just starting to get really big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mother of his mother is very condescending to the Biddles and does not approve of the car plan. The marriage but he's is a millionaire, right? Yes, the marriage is briefly broken up. Uh, then the butler saves the day by getting the young man into a bar fight. And everything's Having okay. Having him arrested. Having him arrested. So he can't leave town. They go to prison. Everything's okay. He gets bailed out. And the end. Yeah. Oh, and... The uh, guy learns to defy his mother and go off to Detroit. And be his own man in Detroit. And Mr. Biddle, uh, in a last-minute day ex machina, based in true story, uh, is asked by the Marines to become a captain in the Marines and train the Marines in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, as, as, as America is entering the war. Now... That's the end of the movie. So just as the movie got interesting, the movie is over. But that's... Does also, that, a very simple story. Does that story sound like it should be three hours long? No. No. Not at all. But, totally but I mean, is. the beautiful... The, the Just the beautiful production design. The the, the sterling... Oof. The, Oof. Just spectacle. The pure spectacle it's of it, right, guys? It's weird to see a three-hour Disney musical. They had money. A Disney yeah. musical that has maybe three locations... Mm-hmm. For most of its running time, the living room, the other living room, <laughs> and the boxing room. And There's a bit of the crocodile room. Occasionally, the alligator room. Yeah, the alligator Crocodiles room. are found in a different part of the world. Sorry. Occasionally the, I'm thinking of Rocket Crocodile in the, in world, the world of tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> uh, there is a whole... All America can't stop thinking about Rocket Crocodile in the world <laughs> When are you going to finish Elliot, the script? please. I'm sorry. Look, I just, it's inspiration. It has to come to me. Sure. Uh, but yeah, there is a, he has alligators for pets, and they really... Take a long time before they show you these alligators. Yeah, they, that they sounds, talk about them a lot. That sounds exciting. Was gonna, yeah, I expected it was going to be like uh, like Norm's wife or something from Cheers. Like you're never you're going to hear about them all the time, but you're never going to see them. But no, nope. but they actually had alligators. They were just holding out on them. They had a yeah, whole well, that's the thing. Musical number where the they alli- wait like an hour before you see them. Yeah, that this is going to sound awesome, but it's not. But the alligators are in tanks that get frozen into ice. So they have alligators in blocks of ice that they're thawing out in front of a living room fireplace. The alligators get loose and are chasing the maid everywhere, chasing the cook everywhere. There's alligators all over the place, and Tommy Steele has to... People are tossing alligators to each other? They're throwing alligators at each other. I think they're like caimans or something else. Yeah, they're really small. But but then Tommy Steele is dancing around an alligator as he... As he pulls it along with a leash, and the alligator—it's edited as if the alligator is supposed to be high-stepping with him. And this sounds great to describe it, like an alligator dance number. Yeah, awesome. But no, it's terrible. I mean, it's better than large other swaths of the movie. Oh, I by mean, far, it's the best thing I, in the movie. Yeah. If we were going to edit this movie down, that's one of the pieces we would probably keep. 
Yeah, we keep <laughs> maybe the, do some slow motion alligator <laughs> dancing if you ask me. Keep the alligator scene. Um, there's a scene where Fred McMurray beats up a marine. That's kind of fun. That's about a minute and a half. Uh, there's, there's a, a long bar fight scene that could be cut by at least two thirds. But uh, it felt like it was right out of Pete's Dragon. Or there's, there's a lot of scenes where characters will just be like, "But that's when I do this." What? But what they like people being shocked at things that are not very shocking, mm-hmm. like the idea of boxing. Well, I mean, we got to put ourselves in that mindset. Apparently, he was... Uh, he was a pioneer in terms of getting boxing to be socially acceptable. Yeah. But then, show us that. Like, don't just... Yeah, there was a real... Um, There's a lot of dead air. A lot of dead air in this movie. As I was saying to Elliot, like, you know, you, you there's a, this idea out there that a story has to have a reason to be told. <laughs> and this, this film uh, may have had a reason at the beginning... But it seems to have lost it along the way. This like, is maybe the most meandering studio movie I've ever seen. I mean, like, if John Sayles had made this movie, <laughs> I'd understand why it was meandering. Or like Wong Kar Wai. But it's this is this is a Walt Disney live action musical, but, and it's just kind of like, well, let's sit here for a while. There are several ways you could have approached the story and made it somewhat interesting. I mean, we were talking about how like it could have been interesting. Make the butler a cartoon, if, right? Make a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, make him like a cartoon penguin. Yeah, yeah. No, but if the butler was like the clever uh, immigrant butler who had to save his wacky millionaire uh, yes. employee employers. Uh, like through his – they get themselves into trouble and he cleverly gets them out yeah, of it. That would have been an interesting take. If it was a more straight-up uh, actual historical tape focusing on the Fred McMurray character, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Instead, they sort of focus on the daughter what and her bland romance pers- and then they throw in a bunch of other stuff that doesn't associate with that. Like alligators. Told, yeah, if it was told from the perspective of the alligators, what do you think? I mean, yeah, that would be good. They spend most of their time just in a tank in the greenhouse. If it was more like – There's uh, that really long sequence where he's like – Running around trying to get the big alligator back in its tank yeah. when he's in the greenhouse, and he keeps accidentally walking through the same pool with alligators in it. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your enthusiasm just just burns out of you. You're saying though you wanted to be more like Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans, with a lot of more uh, like lizard uh, POV shots. Yes. <laughs> the uh, yes, a lot of. Them. But it's weird because the butler and the butler's set up as your main character because you spend the first. Like fifty-seven minutes is one musical number. Uh, the butler just—I think you're overestimating. I—that's what it felt like. The butler, like dancing around town, just interacting with ordinary Philadelphians, singing about how he his his philosophy of life and asking directions to the same policeman like seven times. Yeah, and then he gets in. He's hired as the butler, and then you don't see him for like an hour. Yeah, where like every now and then he pops and goes. Oh, uh, hello. Oh, uh, Mr. Biddle. Well, okay then. You know, and off again. Off he, he, sings that long. he doesn't have a very good Irish accent <laughs> in this true. either. He sings that big thing about even if he becomes an American, he'll still be Irish. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Where he, he has a very racist part of that where he's like, <laughs> even if I go to China, they'll say, ching wong, ching jung, ching, Irish. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that's even in 1967, that was not cool. <laughs> I'm pretend I didn't hear that because I want to like somebody in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that this uh, everything that you read about the behind the scenes, and there's not like a lot. I mean, we just looked no, at no, Wikipedia. We, well, we watched. There's the three-hour documentary, <laughs> no, we, the happiest millionaire behind the happiest millionaire, <laughs> and there was that book, but the it, not so happiest millionaire. It seems like this must have been a real struggle to put this movie together. Like they they did not know what they were doing at a certain point. I mean, They're like, if we like, keep throwing money at this, maybe... It feels like Walt Disney said, read the book it's based on, which was written by the real-life daughter, and said, I want to make a movie of this. This is I, I'm nostalgic for the time period this movie's set in. Like, let's do it. 
and then other people tried to figure out a way to make to un- to film this unfilmable book that Walt Disney wanted them to film. That's my assumption. Then that he died halfway through it, so they were like, "Oh, let's just throw this thing together. Like, yeah. like let's just get it out there." Because there's yeah. a lot of like, I'm sure if you grew up in 1916, you'd be like, "Oh, those days, I remember them. Oh, what a what an enjoyable romp." You People know. liked cars and boxing and such. Exactly. People wanted to move to Detroit. Beautiful Detroit. Yeah. Get in on the ground floor. Of filth. Stuart, yeah. Stuart, what was your favorite musical number from this? Uh, Do you remember any of them? Because the, I only remember nope. Fortuosity and No Shilly Shallying, No Dilly Dallying. Well, No Shilly Shallying, No Dilly Dallying is probably the best. <laughs> That's the song that leads to the bar fight. Um, <laughs> and, of course, the he's Irish no matter where he goes. Oh, bit, yeah. Or the bit where the two, uh, two girls in the private school are... Teaching each other how to flirt with boys. Oh, pom pom poi or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yep. That was a scene that, yeah, if, if this movie was made like even just 10 years later, there would be some sort of making out that, that would have resulted I don't know in about that. that. Scene. It, this seemed like a Wait, weird what? like there tension were, to that scene. There were a lot scene, of moments like, in that scene where it seemed like the girls were about to start like, making out. Teach but, me how to flirt. Teach, like, and then they both get on like the same bed and I they're like gazing into each other's eyes. I think, yeah. I think you're projecting. I think we're just a little too versed in lesbian. Yeah, I'm thinking in, of my own lesbian experiences. Lesbian, <laughs> yes, your own college experiences. I think we're a little too versed well, in. Well, college is the time to experiment, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's, With science. <laughs> reminds me but of, also... That reminds me of one of my favorite it. lines from a softcore porn movie, where it's two, two girls, and one of them says to the other, they say, they say college is the time to experiment, so let's get experimenting. And they just start making out. <laughs> it's the lamest. And so they, that's when they, invol- they invent their web slingers. Right? Yes, exactly. They, and they invent their web shooters and their spider tracers. Yep. <laughs> their utility belts. But the... Uh, I think we I think we are a little too versed in porn for straight men that involves two women together because so that anytime too two versed anytime that two women are sitting on a bed or one says or like even one puts her face a little too close to the other one we're like well of course they'll start making out now well if there's two women and a bed in the same room <laughs> that's the natural seems end point. inevitable that's <laughs> that's the end game right that's same Beckett's end game yeah yeah. <sighs> Uh, Anywho, so, uh, so but there so was that we just song. talked about some sweet musical um, numbers. Pompoy. Was there? Well, there are other musical numbers too. Rum Tum Tugger. There's the song. <laughs> no, there was the bits where oh, the we like fast forward a little, little bit, but we still <laughs> we were still able to wait. <laughs> no, but we didn't fast. We could still hear it. it just yeah, we fast forward it. We, it you know, like three hours long. Stuart needs to get to work after this. Uh, we fast forwarded it on the mode where you can still hear what they're saying. Yeah. So when Fred uh, McMurtry or whatever, <laughs> yeah, Larry McMurtry, <laughs> when he was singing that song when, about uh, <laughs> when when he was done visit writing uh, the last picture show. Yeah. Start in the happiest millionaire. Yeah, when he was uh, singing that song about how uh, we should go to war with Germany or something for those Marines, that was another song. And then he yeah. ends ends up beating that dude up, and yeah. then they sing the, uh, the conclusion of it. And they also he learns jujitsu. The the young the fiance wins him over by showing him a, a jujitsu move. So like, and that teaches him something he's never seen before about hand to hand fighting. Mm-hmm. So this is a movie about a, the happiest millionaire. His relationships are based on hand to hand combat. And yet it was very boring. Yeah. Didn't he have a couple of sons or something at the very beginning? Yeah, they kind of dissolved, I think, after a while. They may have gone into the Marines Boxing, or something. alligators. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu. Still dull. Still super boring. <laughs> super long. <laughs> These scenes just extended way past their normal like, end point. That was the other thing. There was... 
it's not even I like mean, there's, there's so much story here. It's got to be three hours. It was just scenic bloat and maybe everything. Maybe they thought the audience was going to burst into applause after every line of dialogue. Yeah. So they needed long pauses between them. Well, yeah, they were expecting people to develop a real deep connection with the movie, see it multiple times, and then create some kind of a culture around it where they are like laughing. Every line has become part of the American psyche. <laughs> yeah, they yell out responses. Yeah, yeah. they wave spoons. All throw toast. They wave alligators over their heads during the alligator scenes. <laughs> throw boxing gloves. See, <laughs> yeah. I paid attention. <laughs> I remember one thing. I, I remember boxing gloves. Oh god! Yeah, it is. It was. There's maybe thirty five minutes worth of movie here that they extended to almost three hours. So thank you, but a real last name withheld. I mean, you know, simple pleasure. It was a real tale of the immigrant experience in America, though. That no, it wasn't. (laughs) The Irish guy. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. The off just off the boat Irish guy who we first see in a three piece tweed suit. And a hat and like a really good, uh, a really nice suit. suit. And yeah, uh, I mean, except for like in a in a green tie, right? So we know he's Irish. Well, just off fresh off the boat, well, green lining been, for his suit. Just yeah. because he's fresh off the boat doesn't mean he's a poor guy in steerage. Like he could no, have been. Didn't he say something about Carnival Cruise Line or something? Didn't he say he wanted to get it out of his immigrant immigrant clothes or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's wearing like a really nice. Yeah, suit. Yeah, like I want those clothes. <clears throat> yeah. So you look good in those clothes. Yeah, can you can you guys get those for me? I don't think so. I mean, we could write to Tommy Steele. He's still yeah, alive. I mean, you could probably get him, like on eBay or something, <laughs> for like my uh, for my wedding. I don't. For I mean, like he's a short, gift. so we might have to stretch them. That's what you yeah, do. Right? Gonna, yeah, you stretch clothes out. Yeah, you just stretch them out. <laughs> That's how you get clothes. <laughs> you steam them and you stretch them. <laughs> <laughs> you you just tie them to a rack and you pull until the clothes are your size. Okay, so we'll do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like we've made the sacrifice that most of America hasn't made to support our. Men overseas by seeing this movie. Yeah. So uh, this is like this is the three hour, this is a three hour movie, um, and I feel like we've run out of things to say. <laughs> a good ten minutes before we normally. Well, it's because it was a movie that didn't have like glaring problems with it, except yep. slowness and dullness. Yeah. The songs were not particularly memorable, except for Shilly Shallying, Dilly Dallying. Yeah, I mean mm. that's going to stick with me forever. Yeah, even though I've. Kind of forgotten how it goes already. <laughs> Something like shilly shally dilly dally. I'm going to go to China. No, no, <laughs> that was, no, no. Yeah, that was how it went. Yeah. It was something like that. But like, it's there's just not. This was meant to be like a big road show production. That's why it had an overture and an intermission, and why it's so long. And they wanted it to do the same business that Mary Poppins did. But like, Mary Poppins has so many memorable moments, and this it's like they're, it's like at every moment they're they're like whoa 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 whoa, we did that in Mary Poppins. Let's try unmemorable this time. Yeah, they just went out of the way to make it very bland. I will mention that uh, in my research for it, after we saw it, I noticed that the director Norman Tokar, who directed a lot of Disney movies, it mentions on Wikipedia that he made the Dean Jones Suzanne Plachet slapstick comedy The Ugly Dachshund. So if anyone's ever seen the movie The Ugly Dachshund, which sounds amazing, I guess right into the Flophouse. What's the What's the email address? Uh, flophouse at the Flophouse dot com. I think it's the Flophouse Podcast at Gmail dot com. Okay, the longest. <laughs> And <laughs> most needlessly everything, long. the email address, the URL, it's always ridiculously <laughs> overlong. Non- Just like this movie, yeah, non-memorable. Yeah. Just like the happiest. The other thing is, like, he wasn't that happy. Yeah. Why the happiest millionaire? We we, ver- we barely touch on his. Look, money there has to be a or his happiness. And most of the thing is him being disappointed in people. There has to or, be a reason that we're watching this movie. Like, it can't just be a happy millionaire. He has to be the happiest millionaire, guys. Just call it something. That's different. what you learn sure. in screenwriting. Call it alligator boxer. 
Oh, man. I like that one. That's a good title. Or what about, like, Mr. Marine? Mm, Alligator boxer. Put an alligator, put some boxing gloves on him. That's your poster. That's a poster, You got the poster right there. So I'm going to push right. A green bow tie. Because he's Irish, yeah. Yeah. Or you have an alligator in boxing gloves and then a butler standing next to him with, like, a tray with, like, a bottle of champagne and a mouse on it. That's the I, that tells me all I need to know about this movie. Yeah, that sets you up to be disappointed by the film. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna push uh, past. I'm gonna push right past Final Judgments because I assume good that, good movie. That's an, yeah. that everyone's gonna it's say it's a bad good, bad best movie. movie. Undiscovered classic. Bad bad movie. Everyone sure. everyone. I would say it was yeah, a bad sure. bad movie. Yeah. Uh, just just so we can get in a few more oh. letters. We got a lot of letters. Cracking the whip over here. I got I got something for you guys. By the way. Okay. Before we get into the letters, mm-hmm. uh, since I last really saw you guys, I went on a little trip. Mm-hmm. I went to Down a, memory lane. I went to a place called Gen Con. What? The world's largest gaming convention in mm-hmm. all of uh, the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I got you guys, because I like you guys a lot. What? Yeah, I got you guys something really cool. Oh, and I didn't even get you anything when I was in Montana I got you this past week. The Bratz <laughs> Fashion Party Fever collectible card game. What? <laughs> yep. You're seeing it for the first time. Stuart is not lying. He's holding it in his hands. Bratz Fashion Party Forever. This is the uh, it's Fashion, fashion Party, party Fever. Fever. With, well, I've, I like uh, mine they're, more. They're super styling collectible cards. Two-player starter set. Yep. Uh, and it's for ages eight and up. I assume Fashion, okay, party, feeder, fashion party Fever is like a contagion-style <laughs> game where there's a fashion party <laughs> bug yep. that is going through the world. That you it's have similar to, to the popular game Pandemic. Yeah. Um, so the taglines are dress up, throw a party, and dance all night long. In card form. In card form. So this was a 2003 T.O.T.Y. winner. Property of the Year. Oh, a toddy winner. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh the, fam- the toddy. That was the Toy of the Year award. Oh. So, so. Th- so the gets its own. It, so, if, guys, since this. You could just t- say the T.O.Y. awards, Toy of the Year. Toady, you lose the word toy as the acronym. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's bad design. You should call them. That is. So I got, you guys, I, got, I got you guys this because I know you love brats, and it's sure. for two people. Oh, so we love brats. Like, you don't love brats. Well, I love brats, too. <laughs> but I thought if I got you guys a two-player game, I could watch you two play. Now, and can just I sit back? Okay, and, that's weird. Now, can, can I, I turn the lights out in my corner, and I'd watch you guys play? So while this is I, like one of those, any of those stripper cocktails. serial killer movies where a stripper is dancing for a guy in, a, in the shadows yeah, in a private dance, and then me. he strangles her. Well, uh, we might strangle. I might strangle you. <laughs> okay. Guys, I want to... But I, I want to watch you play first. I want to read a little of the ad copy on the back of this, though. Okay. Uh, it says, dress up, throw a party, dance all night long. Yeah, we heard that part. Yeah, I did that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, did, did you notice that night is spelled in I-T-E? I did not. Didn't it says, mention it. includes two totally hot 37-card decks. So the decks are hot? Dazzling dance floor play mat, <laughs> rock and rule sheet... <laughs> Wait, even the rules sheet is rocking? It is. <laughs> oh, the only time I've ever heard rules is being described as cool. Is rules spelled with a Z? Please tell no, me it is. I'm sorry, it isn't. Boo, Brett, you let Doesn't me down. Doesn't sound rocking. Well, wait, hold on. Listen to this word that has been made up for the next thing. Fortuosity? Oversized die and funkalish game pieces. <laughs> Secret <laughs> question decoder. Tons of super style in Brett's fashions and characters. Funkalish? Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, apparently the goal is to swap fashion cards and complete the fashion passion prism, and all the brats will be strutting it on the dance floor in style. Is that like the Triforce? 
I have no idea. The fashion passion now it looks prison. like it looks like there's going to be a lot of Bratz character artwork on oh, yeah. these things. No uh, noses so and big my, lips and big eyes and tiny my waists. only request is you guys refrain from masturbating. This was a gift for playing <laughs> games. I cannot make any promises. You know that I have a fetish for women whose heads are basically golf balls with features attached. So no no dice, no can do. So I like Bratz and Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> Uh, wow! Take that, that is... take that star if she's all that. That is amazing. So, <sighs> oh, and there's a super style and spa party sweepstakes. Ooh, oh! It ended expiration. in April first of two thousand four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a hot commodity at uh, at Gen Con. Oh, you yeah, I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to ins- send a send a self addressed stamped envelope to Super Style and Spa Party. <laughs> 5909 Sea Otter Place, Carlsbad, California. (laughs) So it is at Sea Otter Place. (laughs) Stuart, I don't want to insult you with this question, but on the other hand, I kind of want to know, how much does one pay for the Brad's card game? It was $2 before tax. (laughs) (laughs) So you love each of us $1. I do have to say, the look look on the saleswoman's face when I asked for it, priceless. (laughs) I got to tell you. Uh, did, did a policeman follow you around for the rest of the convention? No, I was I was not in any way the creepiest guy there. So um, awesome. So it's that was personal triumph. That was my gift to you guys. Thank uh, you so readers, much, uh, yeah. readers, listeners at home. Uh, it's yeah, like they're reading with their ears. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I'll. Uh, you got to put up a picture of it. Yeah, you? I should take up a picture of this. Or, or even link to the Amazon.com. How about you guys? Link? Yeah, like you guys give it a thumbs up. Hold it. We'll we'll deal with it in a minute. Okay. Yeah, come on. So, uh, before we get to the letters... <laughs> Spoilers on the card game. Before we get to the letters, I just want to thank uh, T. Coburn and C. Simmons for their donations. Thanks, guys. Uh, generous doma- donations. Um, Coburn and Simmons. So, uh, there were a couple of... There were a couple of uh, male things that we had to lose because of... Uh, male? Wait, male things we had to lose? It's like people got their penises cut off? Yeah. <laughs> like beards no. removed? <laughs> Because of the, um, because of the, uh, what are the, male, what are the male things are there? Because of the lost episode, um, oh. some of the older uh, emails I'm, I'm going to have to be, uh, skip. We can but, always do those at the end if we have time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but right. I'm going to move on. Harsh Taskmaster. Um, Harsh Taskmaster. <laughs> Angie, Angie, last name withheld. Um, Her last name is List. She, uh, hey, Angie, is that that character from that movie we just watched? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. He he's a successful car executive in Detroit now. Um, he's hundred years old. Her her main her the main thrust for email is whether any of us have seen the German movie Killer Condom. That's uh, a German movie. Is it? Uh, I know that seen... Troma released it years ago. Mm. Uh, I I assumed it was a Troma film, but maybe they were distributing a German film. But the uh, or maybe it's a remake of the Troma Killer Condom. I don't know. The main, the main thing I wanted to uh, read from her is the uh, second uh, paragraph where she uh, she she talks how much she she laughs she enjoys the show she says the dick popcorn thing had me choking I was trying to keep from laughing you I'd do not say want to more choke on dick popcorn but I I might turn into a dithering fangirl and that's not very professional though I have developed a bit of a thing for Elliot's way of saying anywho <laughs> yes. so uh, I just wanted to get that in there. Uh, because I can't Anywho. imagine anyone uh, else like developing anything, anything but irritated by that. <laughs> Dan, you have to understand that things I do that irritate you delight and in, in cha- and enchant the listeners. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, thank perhaps. you very much, writer. Angie, Angie, last name withheld. 
this uh, this next one's called Heart Ticket to Hawaii. It relates to something that I showed you, gentlemen, before the podcast. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember back. All I can remember is chili shallying, dilly dallying. Yeah. It says, hello, Dan, Stewart, and Elliot. I'm a big fan of the show, having hopped on the post-AV Club man wagon. Thank you. And I've started to listen yeah. to every episode for the second time, much to the chagrin of my wife, who's usually trying to get some work done while I sit and laugh to myself across the room. Speaking I of my wife. an Andy Capp-style figure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, love. Got to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Flop outside. Hop, pop down the pub. <coughs> Sorry. Speaking of my wife. Somebody's cheese fries. <laughs> Andy Cap's cheese fries. They're mm-hmm. hot fries. Hot fries. Hot, well, they're, but they're cheese fries. <laughs> Even they're though they're hot. Uh, uh, hot fries. <laughs> they come in a plastic. Okay. Hot, hot fries. fries. <laughs> All right. You've bested me in knowledge of Andy Cap based bar foods. Uh, he says, speaking of my wife, I'm allowed to, we're married. On at least one episode of your show, you referenced the B, C, question mark, D, question mark, movie classic, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. One of Dan's favorites. While my wife was working for a now-defunct current TV show, she and some co-workers did a particularly faithful shot-for-shot remake of the You Got a Great Ass scene from the film. And I thought you'd appreciate both the attention to detail and the utter pointlessness of the project. It is here, and he gives a link. Uh, again, love the podcast. Please continue to have an erratic release schedule. Otherwise, I won't find time to catch up with the Fresh Air podcast. That's from Will, last name with help. Interesting that you're, you're alternating between this and Fresh Air, which are two very different <laughs> podcasts. Um, but, I think, uh, t- I think uh, the, what's her name on Fresh Air? Terry Gross, is that her name? Terry Gross, She yeah. talks a lot less about wormy boners <laughs> and uh, Invisible Maniac than we do. Uh, then I'm kind of glad I haven't been listening to this <laughs> Fresh Air or whatever. <laughs> So we watched that uh, hard ticket to Hawaii. It was very faithful. Yeah, it was um, very funny. We don't know. Uh, now, a key piece of information that you leave out is whether that was your wife in the uh, who had the titular great ass. Um, I knew Dan was going to ask this question. Well, look. It was a, he it was needs a nice to, ass. to be a fucking creepazoid, dude. No, Dan just... is one, a creepazoid, and two, he, he needs to put a name with a butt. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that seems to be I... a theme of the day. <laughs> No, yeah. but I'm saying I, I, you know, we had a conversation about this earlier with Dan. I, I love, tone it down I love personalities, Stuart. I don't just love body parts. Sure. So you like a butt a, with personality? I need to put a great personality <laughs> with a great body part. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was a. So his wife wasn't the guy with the uh, frisbee in the neck. Oh, it's true. I mean, like we don't know. I mean, this could be a gay gentleman who uh, his, his wife could be. The, well, like uh, he's doing the wife in air quotes or something. Yeah. Well, you know. I've heard that. I've heard. Uh, oh, no, I guess you're right. That's fair. Come I've on, Stuart. It's the 21st century. You got to expand your definition. Mm-hmm. See, it's all. I'm trying to redefine marriage for you before you get married. It's weird since I'm Dan. Just... It's Dan's character on the podcast has been established as a violent homophobe, <laughs> and yet he seems to have some kind of reversal. What Dan? What changed your opinion I, on this, this issue? Was, this was something that was placed upon me. I've always been very Because I Flophouse listeners all... know, if you've been paying attention to no, Flophouse continuity, no, I'm very... he is horribly intolerant. And yet, perhaps over the past week or two, not homophobic he's at had all. some kind of eye-opening experience. All right. Well, fine. I mean, like I'll accept it. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're if this puts to bed the idea that I'm some sort of a homophobe. Well, I'll I mean, you're not it. anymore. You used to be. No, it's not true. But, but I mean, you could you could have a relapse. At any moment. Yeah, yeah at any moment. You never know. And w- he also has a hook for a hand. <laughs> yep, and I'm trying also, to take down the government. Also been established. <laughs> <laughs> we really overloaded you with hooks. <laughs> um, so I forget what we were talking about, but I'll put that we, hard ticket we in Hawaii. We were talking about your 
leering at this man's <laughs> possibly his wife. Possibly his wife. And if Look, not his wife, some it was other, put on somebody's YouTube. daughter. What else? Yes, yeah, somebody's daughter and somebody's Everyone's mother somebody's maybe someday. <laughs> your, your, your fiance is someone's daughter. What the? I hope not. The things he does t- with yeah, her. Yeah, terrible things to her. <laughs> that, that he, the point was they went out of their way to do a shot-by-shot remake of a scene from a terrible movie, and to- all you could focus on was the female body parts. In the well, that was a, to be fair, that was a terrible movie that all it could focus on was the female body parts in it. You're mixing the, the medium and the message. The point of the movie <laughs> was to have things blow up. And for body parts to be bared. That was that's, that's true. the point of Andy of- Sedaris' oeuvre. No, oeuvre. The Andy Sedaris is a particular favorite director of Dan's. Yeah. We did one of their movies, Hard Tickets uh, to Savage Malibu. Beach. Uh, Savage Beach, Picasso Trigger. Uh, Do or Die. Do or Die. Uh, so- Do or Die is the one express. where there's a mercenary named Hot Dog in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's all, it's all wait, scenes Wait, wait, wait. Hot Dog the movie? Or no, no, the no. Movie? Hot Dog the guy. <laughs> It's hard, I know it's, it's easy to But is he to named after the food or the movie? <laughs> well, now, this is not a, Hot Dog the movie. Now, this is a – like uh, Andy Sedaris, this is a former uh, sports journalist. I think he worked for Sports Illustrated who then made a career out of making movies uh, basically where former Playboy models uh, carried bazookas around in tropical climates and blew Carry, things up. Carried them in front of their bazookas. Yeah. Well, okay, oh. wait. Now who is objectifying? That's cheeky. Okay. Come on. That's, that's lovable. And this was he cheeky, said it too. The video too. was cheeky. That's what I'm saying. That's gross. <laughs> You're making me uncomfortable. All right. Well, let's my, move on. My remark was very PG. Yours is, I don't know, Not so much, X. especially the look on his face. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the look of a man in a raincoat in a theater in the middle of the day. Look, just because I'm visibly drooling <laughs> and I've removed my pants doesn't mean that there's anything I don't even know how you did that. I didn't see you do it. Well, the They're drool just gone. lubricated his pants. Did they dissolve? They slipped his, off. His pants made out of sugar? <laughs> yep. Yep. Sugar pants, McCoy. Easy access. That's why they call them that. So, um, this is an email uh, titled uh, Dramatic Contest Results, and it's from Stuart, last name withheld. Wait Wellington? a minute. <laughs> Stuart, did you get drunk and email spelled, spelled differently, but that could be a not-too-clever attempt to conceal. <laughs> Stuart's the best. Can you have more Stuart on the show? Sign Stuart. Uh, this says, greetings, floppers. I was listening to the Earwolf Challenge podcast, when to my pleasant surprise, I heard the dulcet tones of Dan McCoy. He was apparently the guest on a podcast called... This. Beginnings. <laughs> the Earwolf Challenge involves the reality television style voting off of one of ten podcast en- entries each week based on a challenge that they're given. This week's challenge was about the best introduction, a seemingly important challenge. Always lead on a strong foot, people say. Beginnings led with the strong foot of Dan McCoy doing his patented silly voices. Well, foot. voting is in, and needless to say, Beginnings was crushed immediately <laughs> and without mercy, along with the judges pointing out how confident they were that this was the perfect choice for expulsion. Oh. This amused me to no end that Dan lost a contest he didn't enter. This crushing defeat is sure to elicit a mournful sigh from Dan. It's just another moment from Dan's Charlie Brown-esque life. <laughs> uh, P.S. This email seems harsh. I just wanted to let you know that the Flophouse is great and Earwolf Challenge is not, so keep it up. This, ba- this b- blow to Dan was probably just some nefarious plot by their sister podcast, How Did This Get Made? And I, by delivering this news, was merely a pawn in this great game between podcast rivals. Ah, uh, the great game, yes. Um, well, you know, this is a, the Beginnings Podcast. Ellie, yeah, you were also on this podcast. With. In the past. I thought something yeah. was up with, with Dan. He seemed kind of down. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike normal, Dan seemed like he was sighing a lot, uh-huh. drinking. Sure. Not... Didn't have that joie de vivre that we know Dan to have. <laughs> it's all because of this email. 
Yeah. Uh, Beginnings is a is a nice podcast, a good podcast, ran by, run by a couple of very good guys mm-hmm. about people like comedians, how they got their start. I guess. Yeah. Mark Mark uh, Bissy or BC. I don't know how to say his last name. I just know how to write it. And Andrew Beckerman. Good guys. Good and podcast. I'll tell you something. The, the Earwolf Challenge is a uh, I've never run. heard of that. I don't know what it is. Uh, Earwolf is uh, Scott Aukerman's um, podcast empire. He started off with Comedy Death Ray, now Comedy Bang Bang, and there's a lot of podcasts under that uh, title, including uh, how, did, how Did This Get Made? I'm so glad I don't pay attention to podcasts. Yeah. But, um, I'll stick with comic books, a dying medium. Well, here's what I have to say about this. So the Earwolf Challenge was uh, run by one Matt Besser. And this is this will not be the first time Matt Besser has shit on something I was involved in, and uh, was it on Saturday Night Rewritten? Yeah, and my and my my career has gone fine since then, <laughs> and so will uh, to the careers of the Beginnings Podcast uh, gentlemen. You're saying that losing this podcast contest is was, is not is not the worst thing it's that not will ever throw an obstacle into a yeah. career. Yeah. Oh, good, because I was worried that I lived in a world that was insane. <laughs> If losing a podcast contest Absurd, could irreparably harm somebody's life, yeah, then I would probably get on a rocket ship to Mars tomorrow mm-hmm. or kill myself. Um, Luckily, taking a rocket ship to Mars would not kill you. Oh, no. I'd get superpowers of some kind. You saw the Watchmen movie. You go to Mars and you get superpowers. Yeah. That's what happens, right? Wait, what? And you may... <laughs> So I'm going to do one last uh, email so do for we, now. How do we enter a podcast contest so we can win it? Yeah. We should pick something well, we're really good we at, like I mean, throwing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that doesn't have anything to do with being a podcast, though. Yeah, I but I mean, I bet really we're better at, at throwing stuff than other people who make podcasts. Yeah. Sure. Except for like a shot put podcast. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be very good on a throwing team, though. Okay, then what would you be good at? We'll, do, well yeah, what would you be? Because you're the weak link, Karate? Obviously. I'll uh, I'll, I'll draw cartoons and you can throw something. Okay. And Elliot will uh, so tell like us facts relay? about U.S. history. There you go. Okay. So it's like a it's relay. Like a relay. Okay. Yeah. One of those throwing, <laughs> drawing U.S. history. Well, that's contests. speaking of which, I was very unhappy because your wife pointed out to me that uh, while I was out of town, there was the relay race, the Battle of Brooklyn relay race in Brooklyn to commemorate the largest battle of the Revolutionary War, which happened right in our backyard. And I was out of town, so the three of us couldn't do it. Because I know you guys wanted to do a relay race with me. Well, I mean, I, I'd be okay at the race part. Dan I mean, of the three of us. And you <laughs> but, I do, but, I, but I do run. I have run. I, of the three of us, I think that... Yeah, you I run, run to go get... Yeah, but I know a one. bunch about the Battle that's of Brooklyn. True. It All was right. August 27, no, 1776. Okay. This is not a history case. Okay. What was the at weather the like? edge of what's now... I don't remember. At the edge of what's now Greenwood Cemetery... A number of British soldiers were foraging for watermelons. Listeners, right this, in. This is getting pretty good. <laughs> tell how little you're interested in Elliot talking about the Man. Battle of the First Okay, American so what's this, what's this last uh, uh, I'm going to do a final email before we get into our recommendations. Final email. Uh, for email. This is from John, last name withheld, and it's about the last episode. Is his the, last name Smith? Because then I think it's an alias. Yeah, it could be. But this is about the Flophouse Bloopers and Practical Jokes episode. Not a lot of practical jokes <laughs> in that episode. Or Sergio Aragones cartoons. <laughs> it's a shame. If we, get a, if we could have gotten him, man, that would have been awesome. I think we could have gotten him. <laughs> well, let's look into it for next time, guys. Yeah. Get on that, Stuart. He's probably working on Gru. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably working on Gru, yeah. On uh, that magazine. So John says, uh, My favorite part was when the radio background, no longer content with its current level of distraction, 
decided to drop all pretense and just start playing air horns. <laughs> Example, around 1120. So, uh, yep. That, I, I listened to it, and that is accurate. <laughs> so you're saying maybe this was a pirate broadcast that was just trying to get in the way. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of the hits are putting air horns in nowadays. Oh yeah, kids love air horns. <laughs> the musical quality of an air horn. Yeah, it's jarring. It's got a lot of <laughs> it gets your attention. It's got a nice tomber. Tomber? What? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a timber. No, no. So like when you cut a tree down. When you talk about it. Timber. Like the, tone, the, the musical tone is. That's Tonebird. Wait, Tambor. Tambor is actually. Tambramblin, yeah. Sorry. So, um. Starlet, Tambramblin. So, uh, so what's what next, we, guys? Yeah, what's oh, I did it before Stuart. This is where I, I lapped tell you. me this story about this battle of Brooklyn or something. No. This is a, a part. A small skirmish between okay. American guards and the British regulars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the part of the podcast where we recommend. You're not even going to uh, let me get to Lord Sterling's Maryland regiment and its sacrificial charge. Uh, maybe maybe I'll fade you house. out. You can you can at the end of the episode. You can, All right, it's an amazing uh, story. Okay. So, this is where we recommend something that. Uh, well, we actually in case it. in case you don't want to watch three hours of a story about a singing millionaire. I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, what? What's something you may have he didn't, seen? Like he barely spent money on anything in no. this movie. It wasn't like you expect it to be like Arthur or yeah. something like that, where the guy's just spending money stupidly on crazy things. Yeah, like he's got money. a solid gold car. Or, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or solid gold, solid gold hat. He plays tennis with a giant solid diamond gold ball. or something. <laughs> giant mm-hmm. Or solid gold hits. <laughs> yeah, because it's Quincy Jones. Yeah. He's the happiest millionaire. <laughs> He probably is. I mean, you know, he got married to Peggy Lipton. Uh, he's got all those Heir to hits. the Lipton's I see fortune. Sure. Uh, Stuart, His daughter is a successful Wait. actress. Yeah, lovely, lovely woman in her own right. Okay, don't, get cre- don't get creepy. What? I'm just, she's pretty. Don't get all creepy. I'm saying is that Stop. she's physically, like, you cannot object to the talk, idea. Do not bring her butt up, okay? <laughs> I've never Stuart, have you ever like, heard like, this before? It's kind of fucking creepy, right? Yeah, of course. She's a lovely course. woman. Can we change I'm the way we sit when we want to be as far from Dan as And I don't want him to see my bottom. I'm not making any lewd suggestions about her. I'm just saying. It's it all in your countenance. It's in your countenance. Yeah. It's all lewd. It's in okay. your tombra or whatever you said. Yeah. Right. Stuart, are you going to recommend something? Uh, I am going to recommend something, Dan. First off, uh, Steve. You know, the guy You're who wrote it. You're going to recommend the name Steve. No, no, no. That guy, Steve, who <laughs> wrote babies. it. Uh, I want to say you were right. Uh, I saw the devil was great. Thank you. James was his actual name. Oh. Steve was oh. the name that you, you called him by. everyone is named Steve. No, it's okay. Um, so... So I that was great. That. Thank you. Um, the movie I'm going to recommend is a movie called The Collector, which is... Uh, Terrence Stamp, that one? No. Oh. Um, the premise of this movie is that, you know, this there's a character who's like a thief who's been casing this, you know, this nice, rich house, and he ends up kind of having to break in while when he thinks his family's gone. Little does he know, there's also a serial killer has been casing this house, and he, when the thief goes in to break into so the low concept movie, is what you're saying. <laughs> Slice yeah, of yeah, yeah. But at uh, Cinema Verity, it it was it was cool to see. It was cool how they made an attempt to actually spend some time on the geography of the house, and it's also nice to see a movie where you have like this horrible, wacky serial killer who's tracking somebody who actually is skilled at evasion and like not being heard. So. Uh, and it's pretty gory, and there's some gross stuff in there. So if you like that stuff... It's called The Collector? The Collector. 
Do you have to say Rated it? Rated R. The Collector. <laughs> Playing at... <laughs> Stewart's Pavilion. Lowe's Union Square. Mm-hmm. 315. Regal Ewok. Uh, Regal Ewok? Like King of the Ewoks? Yep. Chief Chirpa. <laughs> so now he's going to have CGI eyes, so that'll be nice. Elliot? They'll probably be oh, purple. Am I going next? Yeah, why you go next? I think I will recommend... Uh, what's, I haven't seen a lot of movies lately. I was out of town for about a week. I didn't see any movies along that time, but before I left, I finally watched uh, Sugarland Express, which I'd mm. never seen before, and That's I really, a good one. I really liked it a lot. And it shows you a different direction Spielberg could have gone in if he hadn't become like kind of this blockbuster director. Uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. It was very, and I've overlooked it for a long time because it's one of the forgotten movies in his filmography. But it was really good. Um, and I went last because I too. I've been out of town and have not watched any movies, and I don't really have any movies. I, uh, <laughs> so you desperately – you thought I would give you another 30 seconds uh, to buy time. I saw uh, I saw Arthur on the Plane. Speaking of Arthur, the Arthur remake. Oh, Was okay, that the sequel the to Snakes on a Plane? Uh, Arthur on a Plane? Which uh, – <laughs> I mean that's a movie I would recommend watching on a plane. Like I don't think it was that great in general, but there were some parts that were good. John, our, our buddy John Hodgman. Not really our buddy, but someone that we talked buddy. to. Yeah, not my buddy. Uh Although he's a lovely man. He's a uh, very nice person. Who uh, is very mean to me most of the time. <laughs> but he, he had a funny couple of scenes in it. He showed up. I was delighted to see that. But uh, I don't really have much to say. I, I did watch... Uh, I did go and see Avenue Q off-Broadway last night. Is it going to recommend a movie? Or? <laughs> if you live in New York... Uh, I want to recommend this joke my friend told me. Like, <laughs> if you live in New York, about. I uh, had a good sandwich the other day. <laughs> Maybe you should eat that. Now, speaking of, I These shoes are comfortable. <laughs> Now, in lieu of a in lieu of a recommendation, I'd like to do a plug actually for a friend. Oh, well, I'll do a plug when you're done. Uh, my uh, I went to see Avenue Q in part because my uh, friend Rob Morrison, who I used to be in a sketch group uh, with, is now in Avenue Q off Broadway playing uh, multiple characters, and uh, he also has a rock band called The Hollows, and he put out a uh, album recently, which was very good. I bought it. Google The Hollows. Uh, Belong to the Earth, I believe is the name of the album, and uh, I would recommend it. You can go to the website and listen to a couple tracks, see if you like it. All right. What, what, Ali? You're, you're, you're rolling your eyes at me I didn't roll there. my eyes. Okay. I nodded my head in a condescending manner. Yeah. Yeah, completely different. What did you want to plug? I wanted to plug my next movie screening. If Do this, it. If this is up in time, it's going to be Wednesday the 7th of September Yeah. at 7.30 p.m. at 92 at Tribeca. I'm showing Shadow of a Doubt. My favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time, and my favorite Hitchcock movie, and one that is not given the credit it deserves as his first masterpiece film, I think. And uh, comedian and uh, Daily Show producer Rory Albanese will be joining us after the movie to talk about it. He's never seen it, and we'll see what he thinks of it. But it's a really great movie. Yeah. Joseph Cotton, Teresa Wright, Hume Cronin's film debut, Patricia Collinge. And Rory is very funny. If you are a podcast listener, you would know him. As the American from the Bugle. the Bugle podcast. That's right. He plays the American on the Bugle. So if you're uh, a podcast listener, well, I'm not. There's I'm like saying, a billion podcasts. No, but yeah. but if you if you like, I'm saying that if you're listening to this, perhaps you you're have, a fan of the venue, the the, the the medium of that's podcasting. But he does play the American on the Bugle. So uh, come on out to that. In the meantime, please do. It'll be fun. Uh, so, Elliot, get ready to uh, keep telling your story, okay. which I will then fade out. Uh, but I've been Dan McCoy. Uh, I've been Stuart Wellington. And this is the Battle of Brooklyn. 
August 27th, 1776. America's forces have gathered in the borough of Brooklyn, then its own city. I guess it was called Flatbush or whatever at the time. Yeah. Uh, the British soldiers are advancing. I don't remember any of the songs. Do you? There was the one about uh, no shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying, yes. dot 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 do I'm going to go to China right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the fortuosity... Fortuosity, you got that fortuosity. <laughs> no, again, you're singing the bare necessities. There's <laughs> that one about uh, Jim Chimmery, Jim Chimmery, Jim Chimmery, no. millionaire. <laughs> Mary Poppins. No, what about... That's <laughs> just a scat version of uh, <laughs> In the Mood. scooby bop boo boo boop 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 That's the Night Court theme.